Can I play a droid in the new campaign? What the droid? That doesn't really fit with the low fantasy setting I am planning. Don't worry, I wouldn't be a normal droid. I'm going to make an assassin droid. It is more gritty. It will fit into your campaign perfectly. Okay. Dude, there is no way a droid fits into a fantasy setting. Droid? Who said anything about droids? Stupid autocorrect, I meant druid. Oh my god. Today we have the studio. It's so calm and serene in the studio. We've got sandalwood incense burning. Greg has his medicinal herbs over here. And, well, Eric, he's just over here just kind of chilling out. Yeah, because... I got a half a pound of reefer in my bag. So. <laughs> no, you oh, wait, don't. are we live? Did we... <laughs> Uh, yeah, if, cops are do coming. they still call it reefer? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no idea. Yeah, we're grog darts. We can we're do old. that. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, we're going to be talking about those hippies of D and D, the druids. Yeah, druids. <laughs> uh, you know, we got a request to do this one. Uh, Greg, how many druids have you played? Um, I'm counting the one I'm currently playing. Do you None. Have oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I was going to say, uh, Dean. Mm, none. Okay, so adding your zero and your zero, and now I've been playing D&D since 1978, so clearly... You have like a, a portfolio of druids. I've never played a druid. Yeah, okay, so we're a bunch of noobs here. I run druids. I mean, I run a lot of druids, Yeah. like in terms of DMing. Right, right. Well, oddly enough, I've only ever, in the time that I've been playing D&D as a DM, only once... I don't know what it is. Maybe the people I attract to my game group just don't give a crap about the druids. Yeah, well, maybe I, I'm almost inspired to play one after prepping for this episode, and we'll talk about that. So then maybe we could get other people to be excited about druids because I'm, so, I'm a little excited about him. Yeah, I was actually kind of excited to make one up, but you know, the real world has intruded a lot in the last month. The and, only thing uh, I've been excited about is the end of the semester. Uh, so that's problem, the problem this time, time of year, and you know, it's it's uh, you know, it's May of uh, 2019. There is so much going on in our lives yes. and in in the life of fans. It, yeah, that it's, it's a busy just, time. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I still get sad at least once a day yeah. over Avengers Endgame. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, it is the it is May. We've had uh, we were sitting in the middle of the Game of Thrones uh, season eight. Oh my and god, and we've got. Avengers out and all kinds of other convention stuff. Seasons and convention season. And convention season. So it's a wonder that we're even here in the studio. Yeah. But speaking of being busy, why don't we uh, do our Games People Play segment? That's right. All right, so what have you guys been playing in the last... Uh, when We got together about a week and a half ago. What have yeah. you guys been playing? So... Uh, I had an interesting, I went up to a D8 Summit, which is primarily Adventures League um, up in uh, Utica, Illinois, about an hour and a half from us here in Champaign. Um, had a great time, met a great bunch of people up there. But they had a cosplay contest for Dungeon Masters. So I got to... Uh, <laughs> oh, it was a I didn't know it was a Dungeon Master only. Yeah, cosplay. I got to um, to combine 
my two levels of geekdom, I, I got to cosplay while I was running a Dungeons and Dragons game. And, and you were supposed to cosplay an NPC because we're dungeon masters. Mm-hmm. So um, I cosplayed uh, Xanathar, the Beholder. <laughs> I it, saw your picture. Yeah, it was. I will put some on, yeah. on yeah, the we'll, page. You did a great job of cosplaying first edition, um, first edition Beholder. Yeah, and I might actually improve the costume for uh, Gen Con. <laughs> I might wear it during the costume parade. But um, you I have not to going admit, through any doors with that costume. No, it it, it barely it, fits. It just, I bet it just fits, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I barely won the costume contest though. There was a woman who. Um, had a really good tiefling, uh, oh. and it, it was by applause. It was, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think what put me over the top was I had run a bunch of tables by that point, and I had, like, a player base of, of fans. Yeah. fandom. So, so my players— People were sucking up to you. Yeah, they were sucking uh. up, I think. So that, I think that might have put me over the top. But she also had a really good costume. So I, I sort of like when your your interests collide, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so that was that was my big activity was uh, the D eight summit and a great bunch of people up there. Uh, well, go ahead, no, Greg. go ahead. Well, I was going to say I did manage to get a couple of games in. I've been busy, much like Greg. We both work in a uh, higher educational institution, and towards the end of the semester, things get a little crazy. Yep. But uh, I've been playing more Settlers of Catan of late than I have anything else. Huh. Um, not sure why. Well, I do know why. Uh, some of my new gamer friends in my hometown, they've never played. And if you're going to try to rope somebody into the world of gaming, there's nothing better than the uh, uh, the entry-level Settlers of Settlers Catan. Settlers is addicting. Now, did you mash it up? Did you take your Star Trek Settlers of Catan? Oh, you know me so well. I yeah. did. Yeah. I did. Uh, it's really pretty cool. It's a great mashup. You've got Star Trek, and it is the original series movie edition Star Trek. So yeah. I know Greg would like that. Yeah, I know. I remember seeing that one at Target and going, yeah. oh, man, I want to get really, that. It's really, really well done. Um, if you're a Star Trek fan, you're going to love it because it's the NCC-1701A yeah. model, and it has all of the characters, um, or I should say the helpers, in their movie uniforms, the maroon uniforms with the white Now, Now, forgive my ignorance, but was it, I know it was a, uh, 1701, did they act? They didn't have the A on the first one because they didn't know there'd be right. more. Did they then replace the original one with an A or did they go right to B? They replaced it with an A. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. They, uh, it's I, been a I, while since I've seen that. I movies. think the lore on that, I believe, is that they. they it used to another be the York Consti- Yeah, there's another Constitution class ship that had been uprated and they just, you know, sent the uh, Starfleet paint crew out. They scraped and- the Yorktown <laughs> decals off and yeah. put Enterprise on. I always wondered if they did they swap out the dedication plaque. Oh. On the bridge. I'd always wondered that. God, you are such a geek. <laughs> I'm guessing they did. <laughs> yeah. So, well, but, but yeah. The, but the original is, you know, in a, a slag heap on, uh, you know, well, nowhere now. So. Yeah, yeah, because it's <laughs> gone. But yeah, it was a, a great game of uh, a mashup of Catan. And we also had some people playing the regular Catan because that is the gateway drug to gaming. Yeah, especially board games. Mm-hmm. I've only, I haven't played Catan more than a couple of times. Oh, well, we'll have to get together. Uh, with, with Eric. Actually. I did win. Yeah. So no. that's always a plus. Yeah, no. so now they're definitely going to want to come back and play more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a close game. I always like to play with new people who are being introduced well, to board games to kind my understanding not to play at full level. Your daughter is the shark in the house. She is. She was not playing. She was running okay. around kind of helping people. Okay, that's probably good. Because yeah. then they would definitely not want to play again. <laughs> yeah, my daughter is quite the Catan uh, gamer, so... 
What about Greg? Yeah. Um, well, actually, I found your um, your Beholder costume sort of interesting because in uh, in Eric's biweekly game, our characters were actually uh, encountered a Beholder, and originally that's what I yeah. thought inspired you. No, was the it Beholder was... that was going to kill all of us. No. Until and uh, now you walk into a room and yeah. he steps out. Yeah. Puts yeah. That, that Beholder and... was planned way before you guys actually ran into him. It just the yeah. timing just happened to it fall. It just all on. worked out, man. Yeah. The stars aligned. Uh, I was actually, I, I am to this day still shocked that uh, we we did not, as one might think, we did not rush into, well, I rushed into the room, but then rushed right back out because that was my plan. Uh, but um, we did not confront the Beholder. We talked our way out of it, which yeah. was, I think, our only possible way of not all dying in the bad conditions we were in. But yeah, we were, we were having some fun in, uh, in Eric's bi-weekly and uh, we played the monthly this week. Yeah. And, and your, your Star Wars and game. My, and my Star Wars game. That yeah, is sort of also a mashup because we got sort of a theme going here. Yep, it is. You're playing like almost Firefly Star Wars. Well, that's, what? Yeah, that's, well, that's how it started when we were, you know, about six, six eight months ago when we were talking about uh, ending our Mutants and Masterminds game. Uh, the two games that uh, Game Master Tom really wanted to play is he who I saw to... last night at the game store. Oh, nice! Yeah, we wanted to. He wanted to either play Star Wars, and we were going to do old school West End Star Wars because we got all the books, or he wanted to do the Firefly Serenity game. I can't remember which. Uh, what would I, I, I think don't they call know. it Serenity? I don't know. No, it's Firefly. Anyhow, um, RPG, right? Yeah, he threw. Yeah, the RPG, and he threw that out there, and we discussed it a little bit. I, you know, I, I, I enjoy Firefly. I'm not as into it as everybody else is. Uh, somebody else in the group. We, but that we, sounds like yeah. a, a cool concept. Like yeah. I, when you mentioned that, I was like, oh, you know what? That would really go like on a backwater planet, the yeah. dusty streets. Good sense. It could yeah. work very well. well. Yeah. Instead of six shooters, you got blasters. Blasters. So, and actually, and I don't think it took Tom very long to go. You know, actually, that would be just the ideal thing to do. Is we're going to play in the Star Wars universe, but we're essentially going to play in a Firefly. Yeah. Not, not themed, but toned campaign. Yeah. And Tom so runs that Western theme games a lot as well. Yeah, Tom is a huge Western fan. Yeah, so uh, that I know at uh, at uh, Winter War, he ran the um, campaign there with. Uh, yeah, so that's that's that. a cool. So idea. it works out really well so far, and and we 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 pump it up. the The person in charge of the town. It's we've got uh, we've got a marshal and a constable. And uh, I, Tom and I both, we were really good at trying to throw out the uh, Western you know nomenclature. What? Tom should write up a supplement for the Star Wars. Oh, no, we're, we, we talked about that. Because yeah. I would love to play that game. That sounds yeah. cool. It so, does sound yeah. fun. It is, it, and it's working out well. And before we go, and getting out of our segment here of Games People Play, is I think we came upon an idea. We should have a GM roundtable and invite them all in and have them talk about how they play their games and do their games. That could be a, a I mean, if people are interested in that, let us yeah. know. I mean, I, I think I've, I've been tossing around the idea of uh, ways to connect with newer GMs as well. So that could also serve that yeah. purpose. Mm -hmm. So, well, I think that's it. I also got a couple other games in under my belt. Um, and so uh, I think that's a, a good wrap. We all had good sessions of gaming that's outside of the D&D &D realm, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's our segment, Games People Play. Okay, Druids. Mm, the Druids. The Druids. Yeah, so a brief history. Um, first appeared in 1974 in the Greyhawk Supplement from the uh, so ODD. So they're quite original. an old class. Yeah. They are. Yeah, not original, um, but pretty old. And I actually have that supplement, so uh, we'll, we'll put a picture up there for, for people. But, um, you know, they are based on the old Celtic priests, which I have a question. Yeah. 
Do you think any real... Unless you're in Boston, then that's Celtic priest. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the religion of whatever Druids may be, do you think that's ever survived down through history? Well, or, did I, know, the, or did the, I know some Wiccans. I mean, I don't know if it's there's a direct lineage to yeah. the Druids, okay. but, but or, they're still around. Or did the Romans wipe them all out? Um, well, no, you know what? I, I'm listening to a new podcast as well, the uh, Follow Rome, not uh, not <gasps> the Dan Carlin one, but this guy who has a PhD just finishes dissertation. Great, it's awesome, and he, he talk about uh, Rome and England and the Fall of Rome. Yeah, I yeah, have to so check, it people out. check it out. Hmm, um, cool, but uh, yeah, the again thinking back to the original D and D source material. You know, obviously, Guy Gax, we didn't use Tolkien. We did, but mm-hmm. or he did. Um, but there was only a, a little bit of fantasy literature out there by that time. Uh, a lot of it people don't know about Jack Vance, you know, or, or common people. Um, but they drew a lot from history and mythology. Yeah. And the Druids were, even now, they're a big part of it. So it makes sense that they were in that original uh Supplement. They came out pretty early because there's a pretty strong archetype there. You know, it's a nature-based spellcaster um, that can or cannot protect the woods, you know, from <laughs> from civilization, so to speak. Depends on how much time you spend there in your campaign. That's yeah, that's kind um, of a catch here, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah. Now, one thing though, in Greyhawk, they were NPCs. They weren't player character oh. classes. Oh, so an, I don't think I realized that it was an NPC. Now they did appear. In 76, in the Eldritch Wizardry supplement, um, obviously, I think they were like, hey, I want to play one of those. That sounds sort of cool. Um, and they became a character class there. And then, of course, in 77, Player's Handbook came out, and they were a subclass of cleric at that point. That makes sense. Now, see, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's where they started you know, the, to sort of tuck some classes in. Now, clerics, of course, could could wear heavy armor, metal armor, and right. um, could smash things with, with maces so long. No edge weapons because they couldn't draw blood, so smashing uh-huh. someone's head in with a mace does not draw blood. But, no, it doesn't. Uh, obviously not. Yeah. No, clearly. No. Clearly no it's, a, it's a, 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 a bloodless safe attack. attack. Yeah. Right. It's a bloodless uh-huh. attack. But druids couldn't wear metal armor, and they, were, they had pretty limited weapons, but they could use the scimitar and crossbow just because. Hmm. Early D&D placed a lot of uh, style over reality uh, rules and Which, regulations you know what? on things. It wasn't necessarily a bad thing. No, it really wasn't. Yeah, really and we're going to come back to that whole yeah. restriction thing in 5th edition because there's a bit of a, a controversy um, that we'll cover. But, but I thought you could do anything in 5th edition. Well, you can. <laughs> Everything to everybody. Yeah. Um, they also had to be true neutral, which I liked. Like— you're part of nature. Nature is like things live, things die, mm, the yep. circle of life, predators prey. Like true neutral makes sense for no, a No, it totally does. Right? Um, so I like that part. Um, they gain spells, more spells than a, than a magic user, and they could cast faster than a cleric. A lot of cleric spells went from over an entire combat round. And if you got hit, that spell was interrupted. Yeah, Druid and that's going to happen every round. <laughs> were faster to cast, which was nice for them. They got healing and attack. Remember, in original D&D, clerics had very limited attack spells, and wizards, magic users, had no healing. Um, so they sort of straddled that line. And then the other interesting thing, which we've talked about in the past, after you hit a certain level, you actually had to fight the druid of that level. I found that to be interesting. To attain very that title. 
And um, mm. so a lot of people home ruled it where you could advance, you just didn't get the title. So you were still advancing in levels, but oh, you didn't have to yeah. fight the guy. Like you just basically, I'm not going to be the arch druid. I'm just going to be what the, an 11th level druid or a vindictive whatever. DM could just never put you up 13th against a level arch druid. Could just maybe never put you up against another druid, so you'd never advance a level. Yeah, and there was like one of these Who would dudes do such around, which him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and they topped out at 14 when they became the great druid, but. That always that was a little weird. Like so, we're both like Woodsy, the nature guys. But I'm gonna kill you because mm-hmm. I want your job. Mm-hmm. It's like the predator. corporate druid world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> druid eat druid. Right. Um, <laughs> oh wait, hey, that reminds me. You know, just being a druid is pretty tough. But dealing with druids in the real world can be even tougher. So give this a listen. Excuse me, sir. Can I ask what you are doing with all of those squirrels? Oh, hello. They're just telling me about this wonderful forest. This is a state park. Camping is only allowed in designated areas. You seem to have made yourself quite the home here. This is my grove. You are safe within its perimeter. My animal companions will bring you nourishment and warnings of any danger. My name is Ranger Olson. We ask that all visitors not handle the wildlife. A ranger. I had a friend who was a ranger. You carry neither bow nor sword. How do you fight evil with no weapons? Evil? We mostly deal with drunk teenagers. Every ranger is a law enforcement officer and armed with a Smith & Wesson. I ask that you cooperate and answer my questions. Ah, a two-weapon fighter with named weapons. Formidable indeed. Sir, you seem a little distant. We get a call about someone in this area acting strangely. Are you under the effects of any drugs or alcohol? Uh, that must have been the group of halflings I saw earlier. They were seeking mithril. That was a group of Boy Scouts working on their geology merit badge. Is there a fish concert in town or something? I talk to fish. Many of my close friends are fish. Sir, could you please empty your pockets on that stump right there? Now, can I ask where you acquired all these gold coins? And that pile of berries. Did you pick them here in the park? Those are good berries, man. One berry will satiate your hunger for an entire day. Headquarters, I have an anorexic hippie on PCP in Sector 6. I may need some assistance. And, sir, the gold coins? They were stolen from the lair of the Lich Lord. I will cast scrying so you may gaze upon his visage. Sir, sir, please sit down. Drop the staff and put your hands up. And if you don't stop moving towards me, I will be forced to shoot. Respect my authority! In other news, a man under the effects of mind-altering drugs was shot and wounded today by a park ranger in a local state park. Uh, yeah, um, I feared for my life and safety, but I also just wanted the experience points. The park ranger has been put on leave while the investigation is pending. His alignment has also been shifted from neutral good to chaotic neutral. In other news, researchers at MIT have confirmed that Greyhawk is superior to Forgotten Realms. 
okay, yeah, so that was a little silly. But anyway, sorry to interrupt, so let's get back into it. Yeah. Then uh, Unearthed Arcana came out, late first edition. We don't talk about that a whole lot, but that allowed them to uh, summon elementals. Um, they always could summon, like, animals, um, like animal companion stuff, so they were the original pet class. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, but then they uh, they added elementals, which I guess also sort of makes sense. Yeah, you know they're 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 in tune with nature and you know earth, water, fire, bringing down the light, dirt, whatever and, the last yeah. one is. Um, <laughs> dirt. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be earth. Let's, uh, yeah, yeah that would. Air, fire, and water. Air, fire. There's one more. Yeah. Uh, uh, heart. No. No. There's earth, <laughs> air, fire, fire water. water. You. Earth, there's only air, four. Fire, water. There yeah, there's four. four. I thought elements. I had three, though. I don't know. <laughs> like the points on the compass. I got to pull out my Pokemon app, app yep. so I can see which is which. Uh, <laughs> so then Basic came out. We don't talk a lot about Basic, but um, that's they were introducing a companion set. People talk about Beckme, B-E-C-M-I, and that's Basic, Expert, Companion, Masters, and I think Immortal. I, I wait, wait. You say a jump. lot of people call it that? I've never heard it called that. Beckme? Beckme. It's that's, just a different version. That's what they talk about. Like, so yeah. you had, there's a couple different basic sets. The Beck Me set was that five box set that basically advanced you through the levels. By the time you hit the Immortal, I think that's what it was, um, you were like topped out. I, I hadn't it. heard I, I, heard I, We never that. played through that. I, held, I had all the basic sets, but I didn't collect that. Sounds like a good marketing plan, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and try to explain the rules because AD&D was not at all simple. Second edition. Um, they brought them more in line with clerical spell casting, and of course, content dropped. The complete druid's handbook gave you all kinds of options, including the one that's relevant is herbalism. So they're like, "Hey, oh. these dudes should be able to like grow some ganja in their free time, right?" <laughs> yeah. um, I make fun of that. There's a there's a gentleman I play Adventures League with at the store, Eric Bohm. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if he's a listener him. or not, yeah. but um, I know him. he plays. I yeah. played. With him, and he has a druid that's basically like a stoner druid. It's pretty oh, funny. Where he's like, "Dude, that monster's so huge." You know, that kind would of thing. get so tiring so quickly for me. Yeah, well, it's Adventures League, so it's only four hours. Yeah, okay. <laughs> then he goes I, away. I think maybe and after an hour, it might and he get doesn't tired. play them all the time. And there's no real role playing going on in Adventures League anyway. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was a backstab. Oh, and, and <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, I believe our next episode is going to be on Adventures League. We're going to talk about it because not everybody's familiar with it, and those that are familiar, of course, are dying to hear our informed opinions about several <laughs> of the current topics. Um, that was sarcasm, but yes. Um, so third edition came around, major change. Um, so they could wear metal armor at this point, but if they did, they could not cast spells and for a day, and they couldn't shape, shape change for that day. Oh, so which, the, the iron was sapping their energy. Or yeah, something. yeah, I mean, yeah. which I like. It's a hard and fast rule. Like, yeah, because it never really makes sense. Like, hey, look, I'm, I'm wearing this leather, and there's a set of chain mail over there, and this thing's trying to kill me. But I'm not going to wear that chain mail. It's not that they didn't know how to wear it. Yeah. They just were opting not to. So so what um, about these uh, druids who don't want to kill wild animals and stuff like that, and they're wearing their leather armor and such? You know, if that's raised. the way you want to play the druid, <laughs> but the fact is if you're that into nature, like my cat, okay? My cat has been on a rampage. I live in— Is I've, he killing a bunch of birds? Mice. Oh. Okay, and, and leaving them as treats for me, but— like, <laughs> You're eating them— that is the circle of life, man. Yeah. He's a cat. They're mice. Yeah. Like that's and if you're a druid, I gotta think you have the same rationale. You would like, think so. I I've the one person that I've 
ever encountered who played a druid they were like you know the full-on you know animal rights type of person and they're like, no, I'm not going to wear that leather armor because that meant that one of the uh, animal friends had to oh, die. I came from a domesticated cow. So yeah. what are you, a city druid? Come on. Yeah. What do you care? <laughs> um, but your real enemy should be the loggers, right? I mean, you should right, be taking out lumberjacks left and right because yeah. they're cutting down the trees. Or even the hunters, mm-hmm. you know, although you could, I guess, figure people in on the, uh, you know, the food chain or they're at the top there. Yeah. But Well, conservation but is you a know, real when, thing. When you don't a wanna... lion takes down a zebra, you're not going to protect the zebra because then the lion starts. I mean, that's just yes, sort of the way things exactly. work. Exactly. You got to cull the herd a little bit, even with uh, hunters and such. So. Yeah. So uh, that's the way I view druids. I think they make the most sense that way. Um, and again, the historical druids, they were there to basically protect nature and protect those those communities against the city folk um and being in central illinois every place is city folk (laughs) um yep so they also changed it so they only had to be neutral on one axis not a fan of that change so they could be lawful neutral chaotic neutral neutral good neutral evil or true neutral Mm, I mean yeah that just gets a little weird they had their animal companion in third they could they got a single animal shape, but then in 3.5, they expanded it to they could take a variety of shapes and then even elementals at higher levels. That's kind of cool. They could, And just like clerics had spontaneous casting for healing spells, druids apparently gained spontaneous casting to summon animals. So they're, they're summoning spells. So, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, they could, they could pull in their, their reinforcements. So that's then um, fourth edition. The only what? thing what? good to come out of fourth edition was the concept of bloodied. Um, that has nothing to do with druids, but I'm just going to say that every time we talk about fourth edition because I, I really but like we the don't concept. Talk about bloodied so is when when a, car- a monster hits 50% hit points. Okay, I was going to say I have so little experience with fourth edition, I have no idea what he's talking about. Yeah, because it's always hard as a DM to let your characters know like how bad off the monster is. No, it so is. So I just basically let him pound on him, and when he gets half, I go, the monster is now bloodied because you'd be able to tell that you've, you've mm, taken a toll. Okay. Yeah. And by then, the fight's usually two or three rounds in, so they've right. already, there's no okay. surprises left. You know, So I really like the concept of bloodied, um, but that's the only good thing. Coming well, I usually it. ask. You know, and, and, I, and I do that with you, too. I say, yeah. so, so how, how, how's, how's a bad yeah. guy looking? But you, you run out of ways to describe it. He's looking pretty rough. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's yeah. all you should know. Yeah. You know, it's, Bl- it's three Bloody seconds. just makes it nice and easy. It has yeah. nothing to do with druids. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so fifth edition. Nothing worse than a bloody druid. Yeah, I, I don't know how to interpret that. Um, <laughs> like, is it because they're English? And that's like an English <laughs> phrase? Bloody druids. Bloody druids. Yeah. I think it's breeding a, like rabbits. <laughs> I, don't, I think that you just went Scottish on us. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I segued over into meaning of life from. Uh, hey, when I try an tap. English accent, it always ends up being Australian. Yeah, I just have my one accent. It's sort of a, <laughs> the Eric accent. Yeah, yeah. It's just a, Eric's um, Western. European again, back accent. to mashups. It's just yeah. It's a little French, a little Scottish. Uh, yeah, I don't know. A whole lot money python. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. I told him what already had oh, one. Run oh, <laughs> okay. away. Um, so, fifth edition. They get eight-sided hit dice. Oh, okay, yeah, they've always had eight-sided hit dice as far as I know. Uh, they get medium armor and shields, mm-hmm. not made of metal, okay, which is weird. Not a lot of classes get medium. You also are either light or heavy. So now you finally give a class medium, but they say, well, you can't wear most of it. Does that include studded leather? Um, that is one of the debates. Um, I I don't know what the official ruling is, but you could theoretically have studs made out of 
uh, bone. Absolutely. You know, yeah. so little I'd tiny say, turtle shell. I say with a little bit of effort on the part of the player, I would allow it. Um, Lacquered leather. Studded leather is not mm-hmm. a real armor type anyway. As it's, far it's as kind of yeah. Um, I, I actually did. If actually it was did studded, really, it was usually because it had rivets holding metal plates like, on the inside. It's like splint mail. Yeah. What the hell is splint yeah. mail? Yeah. I it sounds like a, like you're gonna get splinters when you wear. <laughs> yeah. I actually think I read a piece. I don't know, four or five years ago about studded leather armor, and there I believe there is no historical yeah, historic. no, there's uh, not precedent for that. It's just something that was made up. Again, yeah. if you see something that is leather on the outside and it looks like it has studs more often than not it is holding those are rivets holding metal plates on the inside yeah yeah that's maybe what some people think is studded leather but you know bio tapestry not really a blueprint no oh my gosh (laughs) if people would oh never mind we're talking about druids (laughs) okay so um so we'll get back to the armor thing uh, uh a little bit because the question well let's talk about it now i guess the question fifth edition it doesn't say like you can't you're not physically unable to wear leather or, yeah. or metal i mean yeah um and there's nothing like the earlier edition the earlier edition said if you put on metal you lose the ability to cast spells of shape change for one day they don't have that limitation in fifth edition well their thing is they choose not to wear just like a vegetarian chooses not to eat meat but guess what sometimes vegetarians fall off the wagon yeah. right well they don't explode. Like, <laughs> you know, children don't die when they have the cheeseburger. They just yeah. have bad digestive So what's reaction? to stop a druid in 5th edition from being like, oh, well, but I'm putting on that, that metal armor. I'm, I'm getting a 2 AC with my plate and shield. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So there's no, there's no mechanic in place to stop somebody from doing that. And that's not too big of a deal. But then you run into these things, well, can I make armor out of stuff that would normally be metal but can i make it out of bone right can i make splint mail out of bone i see why not and and there are actually adventures that have bone splint mail so now you're letting them wear splint mail Uh, i don't know Uh, it's just it needs to be better done if you're gonna have a limit there maybe maybe something. they're not worried about like, it too much because no one plays druids. Yeah. I know. Another backstab. Now, well, hey, now. we'll get messages after this podcast. Well, to be like I said, to be fair, none of us play druids. <laughs> okay. Man, Greg is just like stabby, stabby, stabby. Another, stabby, stabby. Cranky Another aside. Cranky. Have either of you watched the show Letter Kenny on Hulu? My son uh-uh. is like in love okay. with that show. I've seen an so episode Greg, or two. So Greg just said, to be fair, and then that show whenever somebody says that they go to be fair to be fair and they all like wow. sing it and then they cut it off so anytime now i hear somebody say to be fair i want to like to do that fair. which everyone would stare at me which they already sort of do yeah. so yeah. yeah i don't know you might as well go for it they point and stare okay i'm doing Eric. it that's it greg said i could do it <laughs> to be fair okay um so sorry um, what were we saying? Do you see how oh, much <laughs> seriousness we have in this particular topic? <laughs> well, we are talking about druids. We have to fill it with something. Um, now I'm smashing druids. Um, so second level. Now here's the fifth edition. Wild shape. So you get to transform into a creature, a beast, creature of beast type. Um, you are limited by the CR, so it starts at like one quarter, then goes up to one half, and then it goes up to CR one, the form you can take. And you're also limited, you can't have like flying at first level. It has to be like you don't get a creature with a fly speed or water breathing. And then they add those later. So Mm -hmm. by eighth level, you get CR one, you get everything. And you can do that a number of hours equal to half your druid level rounded down. 
So you get wild shape for one hour. Um, and it's only a certain number of times per day. Uh, now, there's some weird mechanics here. If I take damage in my wild shape form and it drops me to zero hit points, I revert back to my druid form with my regular hit points. What? So you're basically like a big bag of hit points, which is good because like bears have like 12 armor class. Yeah. Okay. A lot yeah. of druids like to be bears, you know, uh, want to be a bear <laughs> and run around. Now, and prevent forest fires. Or, or T-Rexes. Or <laughs> now, unlike Polymorph, you actually keep your class abilities. Polymorph turns you into the creature. Right. Yeah. Right. And you have like, you keep like some remnant of your personality. So you're not going to eat your, your comrades, yeah. but you're not casting spells. You're mm -hmm. not using any class abilities. Druids actually keep all the stuff that they could theoretically do in that uh, in that form. So you can't cast spell spells because ca at first you can't cast spells. Oh, okay. Because uh, you don't have hands. Spell casting bear is pretty freaking yeah. cool. Well, that's yeah. well, we'll talk about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you do have all your awareness. <laughs> and these little Let's buddy get us some picnic <laughs> baskets. Uh, so, oh my god. <laughs> but here's my problem with this, and and low level druids. So you take a class so you can turn into a bear, which I don't know what bears have. They have like 12 AC and like 30 hit points or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's a big bag of hit points. They hit yeah. for, you know, they get a swipe or a bite and does yeah. about the same as or less as a fighter with a great sword who's got a way better AC and slightly fewer hit points. But the fighter can also do things like talk to NPCs <laughs> and like walk upright. I guess a bear could walk upright. Yeah, they can. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But fighter can't climb a tree. There you go. Uh, it depends. If they have climb speed, a tabaxi fighter could climb a tree. In Damn full plate straight. armor? Yeah, they have a climb speed. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, it's, that's a natural ability. Plate is not as restrictive as people assume. You oh, I know that. that. Yeah. I do know that. Um, <laughs> again, off on a tangent. But I don't gonna... think we're going to... I mean, you and I both know people who have full plate male armor. Yes. I'd like to see them try to climb a tree. It's uh, it's the range of movement at your joints that would become an issue. So if it's yeah. the plate's not well made, mm -hmm. it does limit. You, you tend to catch plates on plates and you can't raise your arm like as much as you would normally kind of thing well and hauling your all that weight in your fat butt up a tree too so well, yeah the, the question becomes like could we climb a tree with no arm yeah <laughs> at this point could we just climb a tree that's the challenge yes mm, climbing um, a ladder is a challenge let's assume point. somebody who's fit and young and agile okay. then we put them in plate armor okay. that's our that's our question anyway um so you got this wild shape thing i don't know like why not just, I mean, you're not any more effective than just, you could be a druid and cast shillelagh and hit things with your staff, have decent armor class, and be able to cast spells. Well, what if you don't have shillelagh or something happens to your stick or you just, it, you're in a situation. I think shillelagh gives you a stick. Maybe. Well, but I, I thought you had to cast it on an object, Maybe you do. But, um, you're a druid what, well, and you want to do druidy things. You're just say, giving up a lot to say, be a bag of hit points. Say you're in a cavern near uh, yeah, a beholder and they've have this anti-magic field where none of your spells are going off. Yeah, I don't know if Wild Shape would be affected by it. I think it would. I'd have to think about that. If you did Wild sort of Shape, if you, if you change shape and then walked into an anti-magic field, does the shape change? Do you revert back? I, um, I don't know. Am I asking the hard questions? It is. <laughs> and, um, I think that would come down to DM ruling, although there's probably a sage advice on it. Yeah. So anyway, well, ruling, I don't, I just, that's why I haven't been interested in druids because... I like flexibility, and when you wild shape, you lose a lot of your flexibility. Now, you get that back at high level. Um, one other thing about wild shape. 
If you're disintegrated while in wild shape, and disintegrate says if you drop to zero hit points, you turn to dust, you're still disintegrated. You don't revert to druid form. This is actually, there's been a ruling on this. A lot of people argue about it. No, the spell says when you drop to zero hit points, and the druid ability says when you drop to zero hit points, you revert to your druid form. But the problem is, disintegrate says it's a specific effect. When you drop to zero, you turn to dust. Disintegrate is just terrifying, so. Well, at low levels. High levels, it's meh. All right. Um, then, um, now, one other thing about Wild Shape, and this might convince somebody to play a druid, you can actually multi-class Barbarian Druid. God knows I love the multi-class. No. You can Rage and then Wild Shape, <laughs> and you can be a Raging Bear and <laughs> get the extra damage cool. bonus, get the damage, yeah. you get the damage reduction. I mean, that's sort of cool. That would be right? cool. Right? I mean, and you'd be an angry bear. Yeah, especially in lower, you know, when you're in that, you know, below 10 or 12th level zone where a bear could really wade through some minions. Yeah. And then they don't get a lot of other stuff. They get increases in their abilities. They get ability score increases. But then finally at 18th level. I noticed there was a big skip in our uh, production notes here. Level two, level 18. Yeah, I mean, they, if you you look at the, the druid setup, and, you know, Dean, you got, it's all I, improvements to their wild shape wild and shape, their circle. Score. They have a circle, druid, which is their archetype. Score. Druid, yeah, they get those. Yeah, they um, but get nothing. Yeah, unlike a lot of other classes, they're not getting a lot of sort of cool mm-hmm. tchotchkes as they go up. At 18, they get Timeless Body, where their aging slows down by uh, like 90%, basically. For every 10 years that pass, they age one year. What? purpose would that serve in the game so you can annoy people even longer by being yeah. woodsy <laughs> no i think uh you know the shinara stuff yeah uh, alanon Al- what's uh, no, yeah, it's the alcoholic yeah. group which one no, no, which no, one's no. which it was yes that was the name of the druid in uh the but it's also the alcoholics anonymous isn't yeah. it alanon well, i don't think, I think they use that term anymore no okay no. well but i'm pretty sure alanon was the character again so but and can you go there Shannon. if you have a reefer problem? Can you go to Alanon? I don't know. You and the wow. Well, I, I just want to <laughs> make it clear. Make it clear that we're grognards <laughs> by using incredibly outdated <laughs> slang. Um, so and start using words like lollygagging. I, I, w- I want the I want <laughs> the hip kids to it's snickety. Gonna, it's got to be our lifetime. I would like. I to. want the hip kids to think we're groovy. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that even predates us, I think. Yeah, yeah it um, does. So they get that timeless thing. And, but here's the thing, beast spells. They get that at 18, too. You can cast spells in wild shape, but not spells that have material components. Because you ain't got the dexterity of those fingers. Yeah. If and raccoon, even if you did... I was going to say, yeah, what if you are a raccoon or something with really no. dexterous little fingers? No. Why not? Because it says you cannot cast spells with material components. Even hey, if they've you have already... a spell focus that they put on your collar or you got little raccoon fingers, the ruling is, no, you cannot cast spells with material components. I call in the rule of Cobalt's Ate My Baby from the rule book. We've already got your money. Do whatever the hell you want. Different game. Oh. Um, I apply yeah, that to any I game. Mean, you could do that, but technically by the rules as written, you cannot cast spells with material components because at 20th level, when you're an arch druid. Um, you can cast any spell, including those with material components. Uh, um, I didn't read But enough. if you're a 20th level druid, you're not a raging druid, mm-hmm. which is a little depressing. Um, so, real quickly, so they get a bunch of spells. Let's just highlight the ones that I like. 
So they get a bunch of conjure spells. I hate conjure spells. <laughs> they slow down combat. They're a pain in the ass. If you're playing a druid and you want to conjure, go to the DM's guide. Page 250 has these charts that sort of just average the damage based on the armor class of your target and the number of creatures. There's some calculators online you can pull up on your phone while you're playing. Make your DM's life easy and just say, here's how much damage my 87 raccoons inflict. <laughs> right just based because it's going to turn out that way anyway law regression towards the mean law averages just just do it that way as long as it's not squirrels it and i wonder too. since the uh, advent of guardians of the galaxy how many druids are now calling upon their raccoon oh yeah that's totally friends. where my mind went on this yeah. i just didn't say it trash pandas yeah <laughs> trash pandas yeah okay um so they get guidance which is awesome love guidance you know add a d4 to a skill check they also get their shillelagh spell which is a cantrip both those are cantrips they uh can use their wisdom instead of strength when making attacks and does a d8 worth of damage so they get it and it's a magic weapon so at low levels if you run into a creature that's only hit by magical weapons a lot of times you're screwed druid they got a magic melee weapon Mm -hmm. they can't share it but they got it um first level absorb elements that's always nice. Make you resistant some sort of damage as a, as a reaction. Fairy fire. Ran into this last night. The group was um, about 8th or ninth level fighting invisible opponents, two invisible stalkers, and those things were wreaking havoc with them because they could not see them. They remain invisible when they attack. First level spell, fairy fire, not only makes them invisible, gives you advantage to hit them. Oh, nice. That is an awesome spell. Nice. And it should be on every spell list. Goodberry. You basically, like, save up your little berries, they heal a hit point, or if you get crazy with multi-classing, you can actually get them up to, like, four or five hit points per good berry. I think it's, I don't know. Yeah, they only last a day. That's the downside. They do only last a day. Um, Healing word, a ranged heal to bring people back up. And speak with animals, which is often overlooked, but as you go through an adventure, there's animals everywhere, and they see everything, and they're usually pretty friendly if you're not trying to kill them. And as a druid, you're probably not. So... Um, well, I see. Go find Timmy, and then yeah. Yeah, you're there. He's in the well. Yes, yeah, Timmy fell in the well. well. Well, then he's going to stay. Why don't there. they put a screen over the well? I don't know. Yeah. Because it was the 1950s, and they didn't <laughs> believe in stuff like that. It's always been like that, and they like it like that. <laughs> That's right. Um, he, second level, they get healing spirit, which is an overpowered spell because you can do Congo line healing. Basically, Con- Congo, what? Congo line healing. Conga. If you oh. walk, oh, not a. Oh, Congo, Conga. <laughs> sorry, yes, Conga. That's different. Uh, Congo it, is a. If you do it in Africa, Republic in Africa. Yeah, if you yeah. did it there, that would be Conga, yeah. Congo, Congo. Conga line healing is everybody has. to You're treading a line right now, Eric. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so basically, you make this little like magic healing space, and everybody runs through it for a minute. And every time they run through it, they get a d6 once really? per turn. Yeah. So then, basically, everybody in the party can heal for 10d6 as a for a second level spell. Right. It's a uh, intangible spirit appears in the space that is a five foot cube that you can see within range, and so that's pretty much as you said, just kind of. Yeah. Conga line through. Conga line. Yeah. Huh. Um, I've never seen any. You don't have that. to go under the bar. You just need to run through it. <laughs> yeah, that's Although awkward. you could add the bar for, yeah. for role play purposes. Um, you got to go under the tree I, I limb. I think you're lowering the bar if you do that. So. Uh, lesser restoration. Nobody wants it. Everybody loves it. Like when, when you need it, it's good to have. Cures a bunch of low conditions. Moonbeam. Moonbeam. What is that? I Let's see take this a one a lot. Okay. A silvery beam of pale light shines down in a five-foot radius, 40-foot high cylinder, centered on a point within range. And what happens with this? Anything oh. that starts its turn or moves yeah. into that space takes damage at the beginning of their turn. And it's 2D concentration. 10. 2D10, 2D10 and radius. it lasts. 
So you could cast Moonbeam as a Druid and then Wild Shape. Huh. You can continue to concentrate. So as and you can move it as part of part of the spell. So you move it around. Creatures just take that that sort of satellite weapon around. It's yeah, sort of like the yeah. Druid version it's of Guardian like Spirits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what did you say, Greg? Goldeneye. Oh, James yeah. Bond, yeah. Yeah. That's what I we're, thought you said. Yeah, we're, we're, that has a lot in common. I'm a genre mashing. Yeah. So Druids are English. James Bond is English, I guess. That's where we're going with that. Um, so last one, heat metal. Oh, my God. If people don't know about heat metal, you need to pay better attention. Yeah. So basically, if something's wearing metal... Yeah. Like armor, you can just heat it, or a sword, carrying a sword, yeah. or you have a helmet. And on in Xanathar's, they talk about zippers. how long it takes to get out of armor, and essentially, it's not lo- it's not short enough that they're not going to be dead. I got a question on this. So let's say your druid casts a spell on a sword, yeah, and it glows red hot, yeah. Do you think that affects the temper and such? The handle burns off, all that kind of stuff, making it an unusable weapon after that. No, why not? Just because that would be a pain in the neck. I mean, maybe it completely... My players would say, well, we just made that my f- weapon my completely sword, unusable. My favorite sword I have at home, which if there's ever a zombie apocalypse, that's the <laughs> one I'm using because it's well-balanced, has a wire handle and brass fittings. Now, But a wood. No. No. Brass. Totally wire. It's all metal. All metal. Yeah, I think, I think I've seen that. Yeah. You've, yeah, the, yeah, even underneath. The handle is wrapped used. with braided wire. Yeah. It's braided wire. So, so it doesn't have a wooden core. Um, I know. I don't think so. I think it's actually got some sort of a metal or uh, a bone. Interesting. Core in there. Okay. It's a, it's a nice sword. It's a very nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I'm just saying, if it glows red hot, you're yeah. affecting the temper of yeah, that weapon. Uh, you could, as yeah. a DM, you would be perfectly within your rights to make that ruling. It depends on, yeah, the uh, flavor of your campaign in Adventures mm-hmm. League. It wouldn't matter. Because my players would pull that crap on me. Yeah. You know, my, yeah. my boss or whatever. Well, you know how you get players to stop using heat metal? You give it to your NPCs. Oh, and you cast yeah. it on the player arm. Right, yes, exactly. Then they're like, oh, you know what? <laughs> we don't like that spell anymore. All right, third level, call lightning. Basically, they call yeah. lightning down on people, can hit multiple targets. Yep. That's, that's yep. sort that's of awesome. spell. Yep. Sixth level, they get Druid Grove, which is sort of an iconic spell for them. They can set up an area that's their little safe haven, and they can make it foggy and and do all kinds of fancy stuff. It's it's more of a role play spell, but it also yeah. like if you're camping, like, um, you and you can, can make hide, it permanent by there, casting yeah. it in the same place for every day for a year. Um, so <laughs> you just so have to stay cool. there for a year. Yeah, well, just like teleportation circles yeah. or Mordecanans, whatever, whatever one yeah. that protects your house, that kind of thing. Um, there's a lot of spells. I like that mechanic, too. I like the fact that now there's a way to make things permanent. You just cast it every day for a year. Yeah. When I glanced at the page, I saw Druid Groove. Groove. <laughs> it was a completely different Yeah, that spell. would be the hippie that's, Druid. That's, yeah, that's your hippie Druid. With the that's, bell bottoms, yeah, playing a bunch of Grateful Dead That's stuff. the dance-off spell. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, reverse Gravity. Worked on Thanos. Yeah. Always a favorite. Take falling damage yeah. twice. You know, yeah. they get that at seventh level. Eighth level, they get Feeble Mind. At high levels... This becomes an awesome spell because a lot of times you're dealing with enemy casters. If they fail their save for Feeble Mind, they get yeah. what a three intelligence. Uh, 
No, on a failed save, the creature's intelligence and charisma scores become one. One. You become wow. a blithering idiot. And wow. I believe it also says they're unable to cast spells. Yes, you cannot cast spells, activate magic items, understand language, or communicate in any intelligible... And I don't... You are basically a worm. And what's the duration on that? Um... Minute it says at nice. the end of every 30 days. Yes. Days? Yes. Days. And it's not concentration, <laughs> right? Yes. The creature can repeat its saving roll throw uh, saving throw against this. Yeah, spell. so that's one of those spells wow. that like if somebody's like, I cast feeble mind, I failed my save. As sometimes as a DM, I'll just be like, okay, you guys just kill the rest of the monsters. Like, let's not even go through this because you just took yeah. out the archmage. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um uh, why and, bother? Yeah. Wow, I've never so, seen anybody use that. That's uh, scary. I like that. Yeah, it's eighth level. It's high level, but it is a very common spell at high levels. And the last one I want to talk about, Foresight. So um, Foresight essentially gives you advantage on everything. And I believe the duration is at least eight hours. Do you have uh, that one? Yes, I do. It is eight hours. Eight yes. hours. Mm -hmm. wow. So you touch a willing creature and bestow a limited ability to see into the immediate future. And for the duration, the target can't be surprised or has advantage rolls on it. Uh, advantage on attack rolls, ability checks, and saving throws. Yeah, you get advantage on everything. It's force power, yeah. Yeah. Um, now it's a ninth level spell. You only get one of those, but there's ways to game the system and maybe huh. get more than one. Uh, but that is an, a, another awesome, awesome high-level spell. So let's talk about the circles really quick. Um, so the player's handbook, first one, circle of land. Basically, this is the, the uh, Celtic druids. Yeah. Circle yeah. of land. Um, you know, you get some extra cantrips, uh, you can recover some spells on a short rest. Your extra spells, your bonus spells, are based on terrain. I like that. It adds a little more variety. Um, mm -hmm. You know, a, a desert druid is going to have different from a tundra druid, you know? That's fair. Um, you get land stride. You can ignore difficult terrain, and you don't take any damage from non-magical plants. Like like those prickers don't, don't yeah. hurt you. You know, that's always good. Um, tenth level, nature's ward. You're immune to charm or fright from elementals or fey. Okay, come on. Like, how often... Am I charmed or frightened by elementals or fey? Like, fey do charm quite a bit, yeah. but how many adventures, unless you're playing a right. fey-based campaign? Mm -hmm. But the second thing sort of brings it back to, to, you know, okay, this is good. You're immune to poison and disease. Okay, that's sort of nice. That's nice. That brings it a little broader. 14th level, nature sanctuary. Um, essentially, it's like the sanctuary spell where a creature has to make a uh, saving throw wisdom saving throw to be evil, even be able to attack you, but it's only oh. against beasts and plants. That's pretty feeble 14th level ability, in my opinion, because, yeah. again, you're a druid. How many beasts and plants are trying to take you down? Yeah. Like, yeah, that one druid, he's a real yeah. jerk. Yeah, I don't like <laughs> that guy. Let's get together and take him down. Um, so, eh, that one's okay. Circle of the Moon. Uh, these druids are guardians of the wilds, okay? they Now, here's one that's, that's in my little, opinion, this is common. the better. Yeah. yeah. Um, you get combat wild shape. Normally, to wild shape, it takes an action. Um, they can do it as a bonus action, which is nice because then you can still sort of attack when you do it. Um, their forms start at CR1, and oh. at level 6, they can uh, transform into the CR equal to your level divided by 3 rounded down. So at level 6, you get CR2, and they yeah. go all the way up until level 18 where you could do a CR6 beast. Hmm. A lot more flexibility. Normal Druids tops out at CR1, which is essentially going to get one shot at high levels so um that's pretty cool six level primal strike your beast attacks become magical which is important because oh. a lot of creatures are resistant oh. to non-magical attacks no, that is nice tenth level elemental wild shape you could turn into an elemental of the base type 
So just a Air, straight element. Earth, fire, and water. Water. There you go. Uh, we covered that. Yes. Um, and at 14th level, you get thousand forms. You can alter self at will. So you could look like anybody you want. I mean, yeah. Again, could not you the best. add more arms or and or legs to your? No, self? alter self has. It's a spell. It's okay. there's yeah. some limitations. It, like you have to be, I think, within one foot of your current, and it can't change your body type. Yeah, um, kind of thing. I think that's the one. Um, so, Xanathar's guide came out and added two more ones. This is the one. Two more circles. This is the one I really like. Um, so a. F- the Circle of Dreams, it's a fae-based words. I, I really like the fae, that, that whole mythology around the Sealy yeah. and Unsealy courts and everything. So um, at second level for the dream, Circle of Dreams, you get Balm of the Summer Court. Um, you get the number of D6s equal to your Druid level, and you can spend up to half of them as a bonus action to heal out to 120 feet. So it's like wow. healing word, but you can spend up to half of the D6s. So that could be a lot, a lot, right? And for every hit die you spend, that target gets one temporary hit point. Wow, that's nice. That's like reach out and touch someone, yeah. like with with the the loving druid touch now, to one hundred twenty healing word sixty. So is it on is it on selected targets or does is it more? Yeah, you like pick your target. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. it's it's just like healing word but better, and it's okay. second level. Um, at sixth level, uh, hearth of moonlight and shadow. You make a 30-foot radius sphere that blocks light from leaving and gives plus five to stealth and perception for people inside. So when you're camping, you're like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this thing so that no one can see our campfire. And while we're in it, whoever's guarding has plus five to their perception. Oh. Which, and they can, we can be sneakier if we want. Um, so that's sort of nice. Tenth level, hidden paths. As a bonus action, you can teleport up to 60 feet or you can pick another creature and they can go 30 feet instead. And you can do that equal to, number of times equal to your wisdom modifier per long rest. That's ah. a bonus action. Wow, that's nice. So the number yeah. of times equal to your wisdom modifier. Yeah. With a so minimum normally you have a four or five right. by that by that time. Uh, hopefully a five. Like that's huge. You'd be like, hey, you know what, fighter? I'm going to touch you, and and teleport a good place. you behind the monster. And yeah, and I'm going to tell and go kill the wizard. Yeah. Like. That's or I just don't want to be here. I'm going to teleport with my bonus action. And remember, that's not a spell. So I can that's a class ability. I can do that when I'm a bear. I'd be like, my bear wants to be over there. Yeah. <laughs> so poof. Kill a bear. Um, so I sort of like that. Now, why you're a bear at 10th level? Because you're, you know. Because bears are cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you had like Polar the little bears. tie like Yogi, I mean, I might be a druid if I could get the Yogi tie and the hat. Yeah. Um, Put that on your equipment list. I will. Yeah. That, that would be my trinket. Um, 14th level. And your companion would be named Boo-Boo. Hey, Boo-Boo, let's get us a picnic basket. Um, 14th level, Walker in, in Dreams. So you can cast the either Dream or Scrying or Teleportation Circle um, after a short rest without using a spell slot once per long rest. So you take yeah. a short rest. Now you can cast one of these spells essentially once per day. The dream and scrying work as normal. Scrying is a pretty powerful spell. Um, teleportation circle takes you to the last place you rested. Hmm. So it's limited. Yeah. So it automatically goes to the last place you had a long rest, which could be handy when you're like, hey, let's get back to the tavern. We're done with this adventure, but I'm a druid and I don't like to walk in the woods, which would be weird, but that would be weird. could happen. Be like, hey, let's just sit for an hour. I'll cast my little my little dome of of blocking light, and yeah. then I'll just teleport us all back to the inn. Your safety igloo. Yeah. 
I like that that one just because it's got a lot of role play potential and yeah. some decent abilities. I especially like that teleport ability. Um, so good, last one. Good support. Um, well, second to the last one, but sort of the last one. I'll explain that in a second. Um, Circle of the Shepherd, also Xanathar's. You basically, you call the spirits of nature for aid and to protect animals and fae. So you're a protector for animals and fae, but you're relying on nature spirits to help you do that. Uh, second level, you can speak Sylvan, and uh, beasts understand your speech. So you can talk to them. They can't talk back, um, and they're still limited by their intelligence, but you can you can talk to them, and they can understand you. Uh, as a bonus action, you can summon a spirit for a 30-foot aura that has differing effects. It can either grant temporary hit points, uh, give you advantage, give somebody advantage if you use your reaction, or always give you advantage on perception checks, um, or advantage on all ability checks, or you can regain hit points, um, additional hit points equal to your druid level if somebody uses a cure spell that uses a spell slot. There's no reason you would never want that up, really. I mean, that's that's sort of cool. Um, sixth level, you get Mighty Summoner. Um, you basically, when you conjure beasts or fae, they're sort of extra beefy. They get extra hit points, and their attacks become magical, um, which gives them a little bit of lasting power at higher levels. Tenth level, Guardian Spirit. Um, basically, it heals your summoned creatures within your spirit area, spirit totem area. So that spirit totem you got earlier, if you have summoned creatures in there. So basically, you're like... You're leading the the raccoon army at this point. Like you have these abilities that that make them even better. Hmm. And at 14, you get faithful summons. You can conjure animals up when you when you're go to zero hit points. You automatically cast conjure animals at ninth level. Uh, it can be beasts of your choice. Unlike a lot of conjurations, and this is a rule people miss a lot. You don't get to pick. The, beast. the DM picks yeah. the beasts. Right. Okay. This spell says you get to pick the beasts. Um, they could be up to CR2. It lasts for one hour, does not require concentration because you're unconscious. Um, and they do their best to protect you, your your fallen body. So you have oh. like, you know, which is sort of, but again, I'm not a big fan of abilities. That, like a bunny shield. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, the mage would then fireball. Right. Causing failed death saving throws and fried bunnies, which, you know. Uh, but they're summoned, so they go away when they die. I don't so know. So what about it. the circle of shrooms? So circle of spores, yeah. Oh, I thought it was shrooms. <laughs> yeah, it could be. They, they do do a lot of mushroom stuff, which is an entire, like, a Grateful Dead thing, right? Yeah. Um, that came out in the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica. Well, We're not going to cover that because Ravnica, I'm not a fan of the Magic to Gathering Dungeons & Dragons crossover. No. How did that turn out overall for Wizards? I don't think it was a failure, but I don't think it was a success. I think did it garner the interest in D and D from Magic the Gathering players? I haven't seen anybody who has shown up at the game store that said, "Oh, I played Magic, but now I want to try D and D." Truthfully, and we've covered this before, Critical Role—they should write Critical Role a check for a million dollars, in my opinion. Yeah, they have brought so many new players into the game. I'm sure they're doing fine without that million-dollar check, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> they just had their ten million-dollar Kickstarter. Yeah. So Circle of Spores, they, they do Beauty and Decay. Actually, on DM's Guild, I have a Dark Ranger, which is a similar concept that they, they sort of view the natural world as, as decay as necessary. So mm-hmm. um, they're not necessarily evil. They just take that natural view that this is just part of nature, and they focus on that rather than the growth. Because, mm-hmm. you know, according to Einstein, they're the same thing, yeah. I think. I don't know if Einstein mm-hmm. t- spoke on druids. But if he had, he, probably liked he would have said there's no directional arrow to growth and decay. It's just you know, imposed by 
druids themselves. Yeah. You know, we've been joking yeah. a lot about, well, Eric <laughs> has been joking a lot about his shrooms and his rafer and such. <laughs> we do not advocate that. No. <laughs> No, nor Ganja, Mary Jane. Uh, what are some of the other Dubes. outdated? We're just dubs. Oh my oh god, man. The we're ma- making fun of those who do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't do drugs. Drugs are bad, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it'll affect your role playing. Yes. Um, <laughs> You'll be like Greg we, we and Gary Khan and falling negatively. asleep. Yeah. And waking up. I should so, be. So. Like, I know Greg said he didn't get to make a druid. I didn't really make a druid. Believe it or not, I actually have a concept rather than a mechanical build. Usually I like the mechanics, uh, but I have a concept. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm enamored. I'm impressed. I'm impressed that you have a concept. Yeah. I'm enamored enough with that fey based druid mm-hmm. that I think I want to make a fey based druid. But, like, he's, you know, like Bran in Game of Thrones, where yeah. he's sort of like out of it a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. I sort yeah. of want to make that, like, a druid that's not like just doesn't notice the world, but sort of like is only half paying attention to our world because the other half of his attention is in like the Fey world. So just like drifting through like, wow, those, those monsters, we should take care of them. You know, just sort of like Eric's three eyed Raven. Yeah. Like, I think that would be a cool character to play where, because you know, you don't want to take it too far. You don't want to just be a jerk at the table and not carry your weight, but it would just sort of be cool to just be like, on this even keel, going back to the I'm true neutral. I just you know, but my my behavior is also true neutral. I don't get upset about you know when the fireball explodes at our miss. I'm like, wow, that was hot. <laughs> <laughs> we should we should cool down a little, everybody. You know, <laughs> chill out. Yeah, and just just now talk like that all the time. Don't spoil too much for Greg because we are talking Bran and Game of Thrones, and he's. Yeah, he's yeah. I got caught. I'm on. I'm ready to start the latest season. Well, you're gonna notice a big change in brand that he's even more fey like than he was before. He's sort of yeah. flaky, um, which he's makes been flaky him which for a long time. Makes him brand flakes. Oh, uh, wow. okay. Um, so, so I mean, what do you, what are your guys as uh, big? You know what? Picture? After going through that, I don't know if I'm even that much more interested in a druid. I really don't think that I would ever take the time to make one. I don't know. I, I could be wrong. Yeah. I don't know. It's got a lot. They've they've got a lot of fun role playing potential. It, uh, it I think a lot of it depends on your campaign. I'm not. Sh- I was going to make one up to run an adventures league because I'm always looking to add some adventures league characters because you know a little variety. My um, and uh, the squirrels might not kill your druid. The squirrel the squirrels hopefully they might help be like we're going to protect Greg's yeah. druid. So um, yeah, I actually did use my um, my uh, bard that I made up. For this podcast in an adventurous league uh, oh, okay. game, yeah, at, uh, at uh, Winter War, uh, and, and it worked out okay. So, okay, so we'll uh, we'll see. I'm... I did win as part of the costume contest. I can make a fifth level character for Adventures League. Oh, so no, just, that's kind of huh? cool. That's um, kind of cool. Now, of course, I DM so much that I could actually make a twentieth level character for Adventures League if I wanted to. Oh. <laughs> because <laughs> you get those rewards that I never use. I don't record them half the time, but, uh, but you know, you maybe, know. maybe I'll use Pull that reward and make a fifth level Druid. I don't there know. There you go. All right. Sounds like a good time. So is that a wrap for our Druid podcast? Yeah. And uh, speaking of Adventures League, oh, I think we're going to try to do that next. We're going to have a uh, guest, a friend of ours, uh, Dan Webb, who also uh, organizes yeah. a local con. So we maybe we'll touch on yeah. that. We're going to talk about uh, Adventures League, hopefully. Maybe we'll even, speaking of cons, talk a little bit about... Uh, by the next time we get together, Gen Con event registration will have happened, 
Yeah, I, I don't have to do anything for that. Yeah, you're teaching a bunch of classes, but there are people like me who worry about have their wish list get. and check it twice. It is try all to find set. out who's the naughty and nice. Just came out, I think, didn't it? So my wish list is set, and I think I've got uh, double redundancy to a lot of my games. Yeah, mm-hmm. great. All right, so uh, Greg, take us out. Okay, if you. Uh, Want to give us your uh, druid stories, and uh, you can get a hold of us on Facebook, where we are the Grognards. On uh, Twitter, we are at T Grognards, and on the uh, never visited Instagram, we are the underscore Grognards. And always, our favorite old school email: gamers at thegrognards.com. Someday, I'm going to give them your cell phone number for even more old school. You're assuming he would actually respond or pick up. That is true. We are talking about Greg. Yeah. I've texted him a couple of times, and it's like four or five hours later. Yeah. You know, we also... Why is my phone making this noise? We need to, like, decide how we're going to communicate, because I know I will sometimes send email from my work computer, and then I have my personal email, which I can't get to from my work computer because we have a very secure system. And then we also use Facebook Messenger, um, and... Sometimes, well, Dean doesn't really use Insta, uh, text message, but I, Greg and I will sometimes use text message. So sometimes we'll have like an idea thread going through, and it'll be it's like, like all over the, all over the places, place, yeah. which explains the quality of our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> what? You guys were talking about that? I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much for listening to the Grognards. For the Grognards, I'm Dean Geiken. I'm Eric Holly. And I'm Greg Ziegler. Game on. <laughs>